Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the L2 Sports Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Crintelli, and as always, I'm here with Mr. Luca Moya. How are you doing today, buddy? How's your week been? It's been good, man. It's been good. The Euros are in full effect. Every single game, man, there's a game on. I'm not even watching the NHL playoffs once Boston goes out. I don't know about you, but when the Leafs go out, do you even finish watching it? I think I'm probably just going to tune in for the Stanley Cup final if it goes seven games in overtime. That's probably when I'll tune in for the celebration. Yeah, so ever since the Leafs have gotten out of the playoffs, I've watched more and more playoff hockey. I just really? I watched, <laughs> I tuned into the rest of the Boston Islander series, okay. uh, Vegas, Colorado. I was there every single night watching it, sometimes falling asleep after a long day of work, but still I was yeah. watching. It was great hockey to watch. That's why I tuned into it. So yeah, I've been watching all hockey and of course the Toronto Blue Jays. And that's where we're starting off here, Luca. Uh, I want to start off with them because again, it's playoffs. Toronto teams are kind of out and the Blue Jays are in full full swing uh, in June. And what happened last night? I finished editing the cover four podcast. It was exporting. It was rendering. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch the the ninth inning of the Blue Jays game. I tune in. It's one, nothing. Alex Manoa pitched a gem six innings, one and run. And no outs. Semyon comes up. He strikes out. Bobachet strikes out. Then I see Vladdy Guerrero Jr. And then I had this feeling in my stomach. I'm like, he's going to hit a home run. The, all all through that Boston series, he was mashing the ball. And I'm like, he's hitting a home run. I tweeted out. I'm like, I just had this feeling. I'm like, he's tying the game here. And yeah. what does he do? He smacks one right over the green monster. Tie game. Vladdy Guerrero with one of many moments to come. But this is like a Vladdy Guerrero moment. We'll be looking back when his, his career is all said and done. But I think it got ruined a little bit with the decision by Charlie Montoyo. And on this podcast, Luca, of course, of we course. have like questioned a lot of the decisions from the Blue Jays manager. He brings in Rafael Dolis. And here's my problem before I get your opinion. Throughout this Boston series, he's been struggling. They brought him in on the Saturday in the eighth inning. He gave up a run. Yes, they were up six to one, but he still gave up a run, wasn't pitching that well. Um, he struggled against Boston. Uh, in his career, especially this year. And you bring him in, in the ninth inning in a one, one game, and he just didn't have it. And the Red Sox end up winning the game and kind of like crushing that big moment that Vladdy had, because it would have been way more special if it was in a W. So I just want your opinion. Like why, like do do the blue Jays really like they blew that, uh, that Robbie Ray start when he had 13 strikeouts, uh, the bullpen, uh, like blew it for them. Is it now they need to make changes to this bullpen or pitching staff, or should you wait till after the all-star break? I don't know. I really don't know because this is the most frustrating season from a Blue Jays team that I've seen in recent memory. They lose games in one inning. I've never seen a team blow more games in one inning. Like, they'll be up 3 nothing heading into the seventh. That should be it. They yeah. slam the door nine outs away, six outs away even. And then I'm seeing five runs, six runs. What we all thought would be the weakness of the Blue Jays this year would be their rotation. They've done a really nice job. And they're getting into these games deep. And it, it's just something that doesn't click when – Pitchers pitch a gem for the Jays, their offense goes to sleep. 
when the offense erupts, they're in the shootout. These are the games you need to win. The games that you're leading after seven, they have a ridiculous stat that when they're down after the eighth inning, they're one in something, like one in a high number. I don't know what the exact number mm-hmm. is, but they don't win games. So when Vladi steps up, I agree with you. Sammy comes up, strikes out. Bichette swinging for the fences like he usually does. Strikes out. Albeit, got some pretty terrible calls at that at-bat. But okay. Vladi comes up, and I, there was just this feeling. That, and I think we both felt it when he was up there. I'm like, he's going to tie this game. And he did. And then they go to the ninth, and they blow it again. Like, Dulles hasn't been good, like you said, in this, uh, in this series. Majority of his pitches are breaking balls. Endeavors excels on hitting the breaking ball. At that point, what do you do? And it's like they're just giving up games in one inning, and it's so frustrating to watch because you'll see the Jays make a comeback. Everything's good. Let's force extras. Let's get a guy on second. You still have, you know, five, six, seven coming up for Toronto. And then you can't even get to extra innings because, you know, your closer or your your hold guy, whatever, blows it. It's so frustrating to watch, and I think me and you could both agree that it's just unbelievable what's happening this season. The fact that they're only two games above 500 is baffling to me. And another thing I want to point out before you go, George Springer has been on the 10-day IL, I think, for, what, a month and a half? Like, when's this guy going to come back? Yeah. When are we going to see him play? I, that's also frustrating to me. If they have him, Vladdy's RBI would be double that. Mm-hmm. See, that's, like, to touch on your Springer point, he just went – he just started yesterday his AAA stint, his rehab stint. So yeah. that's good news for the Blue Jays. Finally. And having George Springer in the lineup, like this, this Blue Jays one to nine is excelling. This one to nine is ready to win. Just the rotation one to five, and your bullpen is not where it needs to be to be a playoff or a contender for a World Series. Back mm-hmm. to Charlie Montoya. I just think. And we know he's more of a matchups guy, lefties, righties, breaking balls. And that's what baffled me when you have Rafael, Do- uh, Rafael Delis, a more of a, a sinker, a sinker ball pitcher, breaking ball pitcher. And you have, yeah. uh, what's his name? Rafael Devers come in and he excels off the breaking ball. Where's, and it's that's just righty a on lefty matchup. too. Righty, righty on, on lefty. lefty. <laughs> and I just think that it's just every single night, Charlie Montoyo is guessing who to bring in. Like, who should I bring in in the eighth? Who should I bring in the ninth? We don't have a seven, eight, nine guy. It's always different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because Chatwood has been good at times. Then he can't find the strike zone. Trent Thornton has been good sometimes. Then he can't. He starts to struggle. Oh, Rafael Dolis. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I just think that Charlie Montoya should switch it up and bring in your three best guys. Rafael was sh- Dev- uh, Devers, pardon me. Dolis was struggling. He should not be getting that ninth inning. Jordan Romano should be getting that ninth inning. And he said in his press conference that he was waiting to bring in Romano for the 10th. It's over by then. It's over by then. You got to, you got to like manage for the now you have to manage for the now bring in your best guy, Romano. And the thing that, that really peeves me off about Romano uh, that it takes him a long time to to recover after his outings like he needs two to three days off after his outings the last time he pitched was on Saturday and he wasn't available for the game on Sunday what's like say the Blue Jays get to the playoffs what's that gonna look like when 
Romano can't pitch back to back days when you're when yeah. you're playing in a playoff series. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's your best yeah. guy, your eighth or ninth inning guy. You need somebody to shut it down, and he's not available. Like that, that's just maybe the way he is. Yes, they've had a lot of injuries, but I think to, to the question I asked you, they need to make some moves now because this one to nine lineup with Springer back in is ready to win because they're firing on all cylinders. When you look at managers in the MLB, there are certain things in life that you could say, you don't notice it unless it's bad, like painting. Mm-hmm. You don't notice paint on the wall unless it's terrible. Yep. You don't notice a, a bad driver on the road unless they're terrible. Like when you're driving, you don't say, oh, this guy's a good driver. This guy, No, you're just no. driving regularly. The only ones you notice are the terrible ones. Mm-hmm. That is the exact same thing in baseball. You don't notice the managers in baseball unless they're terrible. And we have been talking about Montoya way too much this season. Young team, young star players, win now team, trying to attract free agents, and you have that guy behind the bench who's screwing it up. Does not look good, not just this year, but if we ever want to bring in more people to help build on this, you can't have him behind the bench. You cannot. No one's going to want to come here and say, well, yeah, they have a good team, but their manager just screws it up, so why would I want to be pulled let's just say or not be put into the game because this guy doesn't know what he's doing it's it's terrible that's an that's an excellent point like if if and you saw the frustrations like it was reported that uh in the loss on friday night that teoscar hernandez or pardon me vladdy vladdy guerrero jr like was frustrated at what happened as well as uh after last night's game teoscar hernandez was visibly frustrated at what like how the game ended so some good news. I know we've been harping a lot on the bad for the Blue Jays. They have some easier games coming up in the schedule now. They got through the meet. They had to take on the White Sox. They just played a four-game against Boston. They just started a three-game series at home against the, against the Yankees. But listen to this, Luca. They got the Orioles next, the Marlins, another series against the Orioles, and then Seattle uh, comes comes to Buffalo. So so these games are crucial for the oh, Blue Jays to, to get back into the AL East division because the Rays right now are just running away with it. The Jays are 8.5 games back. The Rays 43 and 24. Like for some reason, they're just a good team with just all no names basically on their team. Kevin Cash does a great job as the manager there. So this schedule is very, uh, their upcoming schedule is very crucial. Uh, for the Blue Jays before the All-Star break. Hockey. Hockey, it is. Playoff hockey. Playoff hockey. It's the best time of year. We're into the final four now, and McKinnon's out. McDavid's out. Matthew's out. Could you argue right now that – give me a one-word answer. Those three players this year were the – you could say are the top three players this year. No order, just McKinnon, Matthews, and McDavid were the top three players in the NHL this year. I would agree, yes. You would agree. And they're all up. And they're all Let me throw this stat at you. Two of them in the first round. Sorry, go ahead. Let me throw this stat at you. Brought to you by Riley McGrath. He he asked uh, for us to discuss this on the podcast. McKinnon, three series wins in his first eight seasons. McDavid, one series win in his first six seasons. And Mm -hmm. Matthews, zero series wins in his first five seasons. Then you bring in, uh, I guess, the older horse into this conversation, Sidney Crosby. The GOAT. The GOAT, according to Mr. Moya. Seven series wins, two 
Stanley Cup final appearances, one cup win in his first four seasons, and he was criticized as that not being good enough. What is missing for the McDavid's, the Matthews, and the McKinnons? Why can't they get it done? Is it just their team, or is it is it them? Like I I don't know. Is it just the way the NHL is now? Is it just because when Crosby was uh, in his first four seasons, the NHL was totally different? And you could argue that it takes a team to win the Stanley Cup, and I think it does. But with these star players having that kind of stat line in the playoffs, like these are the top three players in the NHL. They they are paid and they are brought into these teams to get it done come playoff time, and they just haven't in their careers. Hockey is so different from basketball because in basketball, one player can change the game so much. Mm-hmm. In hockey, you need full 18 guys out there every single shift to do something. Just like football, yep. one guy screws up, that screws up the whole team. And so it's very hard to judge based off of the ultimate team sport. But at the same time, there has to be a level of of standard that you have to put these guys to. Like we did that with Crosby and he did win those cups. Yes. Okay. Fine. Had Malkin, Latang, prime flurry, all those guys pass Gal Dupuy. Okay. <laughs> Typical, just, you know, uh, just it's the guy that does knows his, yeah, just knows his role. Scores a big goal, Max Talbot, you know, all these kind of guys. You look at McDavid's team, I'm not going to start comparing the 09 pens or the 17 pens to this Edmonton team, but there's no excuses for him. Like, there's no, I'm sorry, but there's no excuse. He's got, first off, you want to say, oh, Crosby had Malkin. Okay, well, he also had Leon Dreisaitl, who won the heart last year. He has. A shutdown defenseman that plays 30 minutes a night, it seems like, in Darnell Nurse. They have that in Latang. Okay, fine, skill-wise, whatever. But, you know, they got guys, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins down there. He's a nice little depth piece. Um, they have guys throughout this Edmonton lineup, and they just can't seem to put it together. Am I putting it all on McDivin? No, but at the same time, you also have to say, okay, well, how do you go from 100 points in 56 games or whatever, more than 100 points in the playoffs – you get held off the score sheet for two of the games. Like it's just, or however many, he wasn't that impactful. And that's where you need to look at him. And even, even McKinnon, Matthews, don't even get me started. I think. Yeah. We already been through that. I don't want to get over that. Okay. I no excuses about JT. I get it. JT's out. The attention's on him. He still has got to, he's got to show up Mm -hmm. still. McKinnon leads his team to the second round, basically got swept. Won the first two games, lost the next four. Yeah. It was like what he, they did in the first few games didn't mean anything anyways. There has to be a level of standard and there has to be a level of competition that we have to compare these guys to. And what we are seeing now is it is Sidney Crosby. He's the veteran now. He's, he's not Sid the kid anymore. Like this is, this is Sidney Crosby, one of the greatest players of all time and everybody coming after him. They have to live up to Crosby and it's not looking good for them. And there shouldn't be as many excuses on him because we were so hard on Crosby. That's not enough. This isn't mm-hmm. enough. But look at where they are now. Two guys can't even get out of the first round. Yep. That that all great points, Luke. And I think like that could hurt your legacy as you're not a playoff performer. Yeah, McDavid can score over a yeah. hundred points in the season, but when it comes to uh, the playoffs and you don't and you don't show up. 
that just hurts your legacy. Gretzky showed up all the time. Crosby showed up in the playoffs. Ovechkin would show up in the playoffs. All these great players. I'll throw Lemieux in there for you, Luca, because you're such a big fan. These guys showed up in the playoffs. These guys have their Stanley Cups. Crosby did it in his first four seasons. Brought into the NHL. And yeah, their teams haven't been there. For Toronto, I think their team is there. It's just they're not playing yes. the right way. You know what I, I mean? I agree. Their, their I team agree. this year looked to be one of the the top these teams, the top final four, and they get bounced in the first round by the fourth seed. Uh, I just, uh, and I'm not saying it's all Matthew's fault because I really think he played up to like just he went to another level. He just couldn't put the puck in the net, and like it yeah, happened. He was getting chances. He, he was getting chances. Happen. He was like. Like everything else, defensively, uh, physically, everything else, he was playing well. He just couldn't put the puck in the net. And that ultimately was one of the deciding factors in that story. So, Riley, I hope we we uh, discussed that. Uh, good for you. Moving on to the final four. And I was just thinking this uh, the other day. John Tavares left the New York Islanders because he wanted to come home to Toronto. And Toronto hasn't won a playoff series uh, with him there. Yet the New York Islanders have gone to two two of the Eastern conference finals right now. And <laughs> they're up yeah. one, up one game to nothing against the, the defending Stanley cup champions uh, in this series. Who do you like? Why do you like them? And who's your pick to take it? Um, it was basically a Tavares for Lou Lamorello trade. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. And, and, you know, throw on Matt Martin, if you want in the deal and they're and winning. Leo <laughs> And they're winning the deal right now. Like they, they've actually won that deal if it actually happened. So who do I like? I hate both teams. I I <laughs> genuinely I don't think these are the two my most two hated teams. And the Islanders for me was one of those, yeah, whatever. But after having to watch them for six games, I'm not gonna say they completely locked their way because they beat us four times. We only beat them twice. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates me how these commentators, how everybody is just, oh, the Islanders, just, Ben, don't break. You know, they got a great system. Well, you're getting outshot 40 to 20, but, you know, you're getting three goals because two of your goals are bouncing off five feet and going in. Like, it's just. Oh, don't make those exact yeah, goals a goal, man. Cheap. The goal's a goal. Yeah, goal's a goal. I, I've never seen a team consistently score the same goal the same way for five different games. Like, it's just unbelievable. Tampa's the better team. Let's be real. I mean, they're, they're loaded uh, top to bottom, even if they are 18 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. whatever they're cheaters but the islanders hey listen they're coached really well i do hate them but they they're coached well and who would i want to see come out of this i would want the islanders to come out of this only because i want one of the other two teams to win the cup and i feel like tampa would be a harder matchup for one of those two other teams or the islanders i can see okay maybe Vegas or even Montreal having a slight chance of being them over Tampa. So I'm going to go with, I want the Islanders to win. And I genuinely do think they could win, but ultimately Tampa, I think has the better team. So I'm not getting my hopes up. Mm-hmm. So what's your, what's your pick? Uh, so you have Islanders, and Islanders, and, Islanders and seven. Islanders and seven. All right. I, I picked Tampa Bay to, to, to take yeah. the series. They got That's the fine. better team. I know they were held to one goal in game one, uh, but this team is just too offensively skilled. Like, I've been hearing like Nikita Kucherov's out all year. I, I'm pretty sure he was secretly playing in the KHL or in Switzerland or some oh, yeah. some bush league in Europe, and just lighting it up. 
And then he comes back in the NHL and he's, he's one of the top performers and leaders in the playoffs and goals and points and all that. Yep. Stamkos is healthy, points healthy. You got arguably the best goalie of the last five years in Andre Vasilevsky uh, in net uh, for them. Everything's rolling. Victor They're the Hedman. defending Stanley Cup champions. Victor had like you can the list goes on and yet the Isles are uh, defensively sound. They play a boring style of game. They wear you down. They dump the pucks in and they it's more of a ground and pound game. But I just think Tampa is too skilled. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in seven games. Uh, The next series, uh, one that really surprised us. No one really thought this uh, was a combination (laughs) ever to to come about. But Vegas, where everybody thought was one of the top teams or was one of the top teams in the league and the Montreal Canadiens. Luca, I don't know if it's uh, this is going to be an easy pick for you because in both of Montreal's past series, we've both doubted them to lose. Exactly. So they did lose game one, and for me, it's it's Vegas all the way. Like they have the superior team in in work ethic, in skill, in defense, goaltending, offense, like every category. I think Vegas is superior. They yeah. showed it in game one. Yeah, their power play has been has been uh, was quiet, but they scored four goals, five on five. I think they'll take that any day. And Marc-Andre Fleury's playing probably his best hockey right now. Perfect timing for him. So I, I'm going to go Vegas in five for this series. If it's Vegas and Tampa, I think that would be one of the better Stanley Cup finals we've seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. In recent years. Um I mean, surely this time <laughs> the Habs have to lose, right? Like <laughs> this like time, this third time's time, a charm. Like yeah, this time. I mean, it would just seem like they would have to lose. But again, like yeah, it was four-one. But like we saw against Toronto, three-one doesn't matter. You got to win four games. Yeah, you're right. You're this is right. a very different team. I mean, Vegas is a different beast. I don't know about yeah. you, but watching that game last night, you probably thinking. Well, I mean, if Toronto made it to this round, they would have got bounced anyways. Oh, for way- sure. Yeah. Even Colorado. If Colorado yeah. made it here, I'm like, what? Like, I mean, come on. That's why I picked them in my bracket. I'm like, they'll make it out of the Canadian division, but I don't see them getting by uh, yeah. Vegas or Colorado. Vegas is just too good. And, you know, I, I have so much respect for this management team, the way that they were able to build a, a juggernaut in literally a year. They made the cup final in the first year. Like, I, I – they have great contracts. I looked at, I was actually on cap friendly today looking at their contracts. Cause I just couldn't believe all these players they have under contract. <laughs> Shane Theodore is making 5.2 mil. In what world is that fair? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. And how so, do they do it? Like what goes on in that room to just convince that, you know, top level defenseman to take 5 million. This is what they say. We're going to win the cup. You want to be a champion? Take 5 million. It's, That's what it is. Yonmark is making five hundred and thirty-two thousand. Like, how 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 is that legal? And, and and you know what? I think their pitch is: we're a good hockey team. We're in Vegas. That's, That's good enough is. for me, man. Because I make five mil, I'll I'll, I'll win another five at the casino. It doesn't yeah. really matter. So for Vegas, good for them. Surely they have to win this one. I think this is the end for Montreal. I just think Vegas is just too good. Like. The mm-hmm. Jets and the Leafs, for me, they don't compare to Vegas or even Colorado if they made it out. And so, forecheck is unbelievable. Great coach, like you said. Defensively, they're great. And they have the goalie. Two goalies, really, if you want to switch in and out. 
this is a complete team. This is the team that I think is going to win it all in the end. But Montreal, they're just something at the back of both of our heads I could say, well, you know what? If they win this one, they're going to win the cup at this point. It would be a shame for them yeah. to go to the Stanley Cup final and then lose to the Islanders. I'll just say, a Montreal Islanders finals, they aren't getting no ratings. I don't think the like NHL TV wants that. Here. I don't think got it. No. the NHL wants that. Uh... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving them no ratings. I'm not watching. No. I'll watch on YouTube if I have to. I'm not watching on my TV those two teams play the Stanley Cup Vegas, final. Tampa Bay, that would be just like – Vegas and Tampa Bay. Even Vegas just... and the Islanders, two stingy teams, whatever. Montreal – do you think I want to see Adam Pellick come out on a breakout? No, no, thank you. I saw that enough. I'm good. <laughs> You're good. So you got Vegas to take it. And, and to end off this hockey segment, all I got to say is Montreal, like Carey Price stood on his head last night and still four goals went in. So yep, I know. we'll he leave it at that. Great save too. On Unreal saves. Like he, he again, Carey Price has been, I think, one of the top reasons Montreal's made it this far. So yeah. anything can happen with that guy between the pipes. Uh, you mentioned it off the top of the show, Luca, Euro. Uh, the Euro Cup's in full swing. So we're going to get uh, a couple storylines going on uh, for you to, to give your opinion on. So first, uh, on a more of a, like a, a lower note, we have Christian Eriksen and what happened to him uh, on Saturday with that collapse. Like, I just want to know, like, when you first saw it, uh, what was going through your head, like, like what happened there? I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a text, saw it on Instagram. And I'm not saying, you know, this was affected me more than anybody else. But, you know, I, he, he plays on Inter. Uh, I watch him every single week. So, for me, it was kind of like, like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is one of the players I watch. It doesn't matter if he plays on Inter or not. Yeah. Just the fact of he's 29 years old. He's probably in unbelievable shape. Has world-class training. And yet, something like this happens. It's just, it can happen to anybody at any given yeah. time, like we saw. And it's crazy, crazy. And I respect, you know, the world, like the football world, you know, for supporting him. And even Finland, too. Like, when they scored, the, the guy, he didn't celebrate. He, you know, he's just no. like, thanks, claps. And it was really hard to see because you don't want to see that happen to anybody, especially the way it happened, too. Like, yeah. you know, he just... I don't want to get too, you know, in detail, but the way that he just, just falls. Yeah. It was everybody's scene. calling, like everybody's calling for the medical team to come. It's like, Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like one minute you're, you're playing, you know, for your country. And another minute you're on the floor and no one knows what's happening. Like it's unbelievable, but I'm glad he's okay. Um, and I hope, you know, not even for his sake, but you know, for his family and for Denmark, they can rise yeah. above this and really make a, a cool story and play for him. Yeah, like, like I commend Denmark like tremendously for mm-hmm. for like Ericsson, he was in the hospital and he FaceTimed his teammates and he told yeah. them that he wanted them to play the game and like I commend them for going back out on the pitch that day and and still playing but like yeah. like as 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 your teammate as a guy you've trained with you're on the bus with you're on the plane you're out to dinner with them and you see your friend and that happened to him like for sure their heads weren't in the game and no. and and like you said, this is something they can play. They can have something to rally uh, behind in this in this tournament, uh, behind their teammate, and, and really play for him. So, so I'm glad he's okay, and we're gonna move on from that. Ronaldo today in the group of death, Group F, 
scored two goals against Hungary, making him have a career 11 in the Euro tournament in his career, which is the all-time lead. Ronaldo, greatest performer. What do you got to say about Ronaldo, Luca? I know it's not much. I hate asking those questions. We were taught not to ask those questions, but what do you have to say about Ronaldo and just his performance on the international stage, especially Mm. in the Euro Cup? Well, differences aside, um, you know, (laughs) he's sick. Try, try, trying really hard to say something nice, to be honest, um, because I don't like him that much, but gotta respect, gotta respect him. He's, if not the best, one of the greatest goal scorers we've ever seen, and so good for him because he's had to play with some pretty bad Portuguese sides at these tournaments. And he rises to the occasion in big games, big moments. He shows up 36 years old. Okay. Yeah. It was a penalty. Yeah. Whatever. But you know, he's still impactful. I mean, he's still starting. He's still the captain. Good for him. I mean, really, like, I, I don't really want to talk about him too much because no worries, no worries. I don't really, not a big fan of the guy, but good for him. And hopefully, um, actually, I'm not even going to say hopefully they go far. Screw that. Good, you know, good for him. Get back. That's it. That's it. All right, buddy. I'll give you something that you do want to talk about as we uh, wrap up the show. Italy takes the first game uh, of their tournament in the round robin 3 nothing over t- over turkey they got a game tomorrow Forza. notes from the game notes yeah. for the upcoming uh their well, upcoming game what do you got it was pretty easy to see that turkey was just going to drop everyone back and the minute that they scored i turned over to my buddy and i said italy gets a goal here it's going to it's going to be obliteration and it was because once you score, it opens up the field. Turkey actually has to play a little bit more than nine guys in a box. And that's going to open up space for the Italians because they're so good in their midfield. And that's exactly what they did. And it took an own goal for that to happen. But you know what? There's been like three own goals, it seems like, so far. Goal's a goal. Yeah. It went in. And I, and I celebrated as if it was one of our players who scored. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. They got the lead. They didn't give it back. And they won the game 3-0. Tomorrow against Switzerland is going to be their biggest game of the group. I think Switzerland is the most talented team in this group outside of Italy. They have a lot of really good players. Disappointed me in the first game that they tied Wales, but I'm not going to complain because Italy can clinch the group tomorrow if they win. And there's a tie between Wales and Turkey. So looking forward to that and seeing um, how this Italian team shows up in a big game because we've seen in the past – they can win the first game or win a game, but then tie the next two. This is a different yeah. team, different mentality. I like what's happening so far. Awesome, Luca. Awesome way to Did you to wrap watch it, the by the way? Did I did watch not watch it? it. I was at work. Oh, okay. You know what? That's fine. I caught yeah. the end of the game. It was okay, already 3 yeah, nothing. Did, but you hear, like, uh, did you hear Mark and Lane from King City or no? No, I didn't. That's what I was just going <laughs> to say. I saw the, the Instagram and the social media of Woodbridge going nuts, Little Lily going nuts. Yeah. I, my, my cousin put a put – a, like the Italian flag in the hood. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're <laughs> so, selling uh, those. I see it on everyone's story. Yeah. 
Everybody's doing it now. Like, after like two hours, they're all sold out. Deprive Italians of soccer for one year. Oh my goodness! Now they're now it's it's all out right now. It's been five years. It's all out right now. So, and they, uh, no, no, COVID doesn't exist at Market Lane. Just so we no, know, you see all those people no. there. It's over now. No. You can't control it. They were, the pasta's you know, the flowing. The espressos are coming yeah. out. Oh, it's everybody's it. happy when Italy's playing and winning. Uh, so. Good show, Luca. Uh, I got to end the show off uh, for my buddy Andrew Donopolis here. Uh, he, he wanted me to end the show a little bit like this, saying, let's go Kraken. Let's the go Kraken. Let's because go Kraken. Yeah, we're, we're both crackheads, and we got the second the second overall pick in the draft. Did you order so, the jersey? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking into it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till they get no their way. players. I'm going to wait till they get their players, Luca. Okay. I okay. will come on this podcast, and I will – I will rep my my new team. Wow! I'm still a Leaf fan, but my my Western Conference yeah. team is gonna be Seattle. I saw Vegas. Vegas was great out of the gate. Why can't Seattle be? Why can't Never Seattle know. be? Let's go, Kraken! Thank Martyr you everybody to for Seattle boys. Yeah, Let's calm down, buddy. Happen. Calm down. Calm down. You can't escape them. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the L2 Sports Podcast, Luca Moya, Lucas Crutelli. We're here every week. We're available on Apple Pods and Spotify. So catch us every single week. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.